Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing Pride and Prejudice. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing the 2003 movie Pride and Prejudice, a Latter-day Comedy. You can watch this interesting film for free with ads on most streaming services. Remember to follow us on Instagram at SubstanceSensibilityPod and give us a like on Facebook. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify. It really helps us out. But before we get started discussing this fascinating modern take (laughs) on everyone's favorite novel, I gotta know, ladies... What you sipping? I'm drinking some water tonight. <laughs> um, it hasn't been like the greatest weekend of my life. It's just been very busy and I'm very tired. And so having a beverage like didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> um, I just have water for me with me for the necessity of, of staying alive. So that's where I'm at. Lori, what are you <laughs> sipping on? That is something I'm horrible with, drinking water, even if I do need it to survive. Um, I, too, have had a very long weekend, Um, and instead of going for water, like I probably should, I am drinking a really crappy version of my favorite cocktail. Um, I basically have half a giant Yeti full of orange juice with a couple good doses of amaretto in there. You know, just just trying to survive. <laughs> well, Beth, I am like you. Uh, I also had a long weekend, so I am also clinging to my emotional support water bottle. <laughs> um, I honestly, I used to be really bad at drinking water, um, but now I literally do not leave my house without my water bottle most days. And if I do, I feel very lost. So, um, but tonight I will be reviewing something earlier tonight. I drank a limoncello LaCroix. So I'm going to be reading that for you guys. Oh my gosh. Not the limoncello or LaCroix. Okay. Beth, you need to give it a shot. (laughs) You haven't even tried it. It was described to me as tasting like lemon. Spoilers. Spoilers. (laughs) Fine. You can say it. I'm going to hold it in and wait. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Well, in the meantime, we'll wait for the that next couple words of my description and <laughs> Julia's final take. Um, what did you guys think of this film? General impressions. Did you like it? Um, I'm going to say some pretty bold words here. I think this might be the worst film I have ever seen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I, I mean that. <laughs> um. Generally, did I enjoy this film? No. Was it the worst movie I've ever seen? I I don't think so. I will also say I don't even think this is the worst film I've watched for this podcast. If I I'm agree. being totally honest. Oh, really? We've seen some real stinkers, Lori. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I would I would I would call this potentially a stinker, but it had some things that I felt like were really redeeming. Yes. 
I would agree. I'm, I'm going to need you to bring that out from my memory because it is not there. <laughs> Just pull up the picture of Mr. Darcy while we talk. Okay. Okay. Um, I am right there with you, Julia. Definitely not the worst film I've ever seen, nor the worst film I've ever watched for the podcast. I feel like the first 30 minutes, especially after like the, the weekend I've had, I was like, I literally do not know if I can make it through this. Like, I just do not know. There was some skipping happening during the mm-hmm. like title sequence, but I ended up liking it fine. I mean, for what it was, once I accepted it and got mm-hmm. acquainted with it and knew that I was about to eat some pizza, it was just, it was a better time for me and I really didn't hate it. I I think that's the key to enjoying this film. If you haven't seen it yet, go in knowing this is a very teen Disney Channel rom-com Hallmark TV movie type of entertainment that you're going to be getting. No more than that. And very low budget. Very low budget. They did a pretty good job for what it was. I know we usually also talk about the music here, but I'm not going to lie, you guys did not notice that at all. There was an acapella version of my Bonnie, uh, the classic choral warm up. Um, it was bad, uh, but it was also Mary. So, I mean, it made sense. And in that same moment, we also had a seemingly professional singer performing at a college party. That Mary then crashed the stage with. It was weird. It was very weird. Yeah, I mean, I thought that the cinematography of this was just, you know, what you would expect from a, I don't know, like a 2000s movie. It just very much had that vibe. Some weird shots in camera angles. Um, But anyways, I think that overall critics and um other folks really just do agree with us because this has a 66 percent score on rotten tomatoes and a 56 percent audience score on rotten tomatoes it also has a five out of ten on imdb so i'd say probably like most people actually liked it more than us which is surprising interesting and you know honestly it does have that early 2000s nostalgia element there's a lot of hair and makeup that really just makes you smile you know a lot of glittery eyeshadow a lot of like ponytails on top of the head that bright kind of colors thing. Mm-hmm. a lot of Pigtails. that with, it's it's you know it's got its own allure i suppose yeah a lot of lime green hot pink and baby blue mm-hmm. well let's talk a little bit about what this adaptation did differently so like we said, this is called Pride and Prejudice. So if you're searching, trying to find it, you're going to want to look up Pride and Prejudice 2003. The tagline is a Latter-day comedy. So we're going to refer to it as Pride and Prejudice, a Latter-day comedy, just to help like clear up any confusion since there's about 100 films called Pride and Prejudice. So this film focuses on Elizabeth Bennett and her four roommates. Unsurprisingly... Her roommates are Jane, Lydia, Mary, and Kitty. So instead of being her sisters, her um, her roommates kind of take on those characters' roles. Um, Lydia and Kitty are sis- Lydia and Kitty are sisters, um, and they are wealthy and they are very similar to the characters we see in the book. 
Jane, again, also has a very similar personality to what we see in the book. Very sweet, friendly, cares about animals and helping orphaned children. Um, And Mary, also very similar, though her character does have an interesting twist. I liked it. Honestly, it's the twist we've all been waiting for. Spoiler alert. The one redeeming part of this film. So Elizabeth is a college student at BYU and she is an author herself. She is working on publishing a book that she very pointedly would not call a romance. (laughs) Um, Her roommates are trying to help her get it published and she is just going through life. Um, A big like theme in this movie is, I don't even know if it's a theme, but it just a, a tie in. Um, is that they're going to church quite often. So they're often often re- referencing people from church or church events, or we see them in the church. And that kind of helps explain why all these characters are wanting to get married. Like a huge focus is getting married and they'll get engaged like without knowing some very well. Um, that seems to be like how they're explaining that part of the movie away. And I think maybe that's also like a little bit of the tie in with the latter day comedy part of things so elizabeth at the start of the film has a, a couple of romantic interests we see her flirting with um, jack wickham everybody say boo boo he's a, a good-looking playboy he's been around and it seems like they have quite the flirtation ship um they have a little bit more of a serious relationship in this film than they do in some of the others There's also Mr. Collins, and Mr. Collins is very into Elizabeth. He does a lot of proposing. Mm -hmm. He proposes to Elizabeth Mm -hmm. and Jane. Mm -hmm. Goes on some dates with Charlotte. Yes, goes on some dates with Charlotte, but ultimately, he ends up with Mary. Wow. The the one redeeming part of this film. (laughs) Mary finally gets her man. We're proud of you, Mary. Which makes, it makes a lot of sense, though I thought it was so strange that they just like threw Charlotte in there for like a scene, mm-hmm. and then that was it. Yeah, I don't know. Threw me off. So Elizabeth and Darcy actually meet at the bookstore that she's working at, and surprising no one, he puts his foot in his mouth. Classic Darcy. Classic Darcy. So he and Elizabeth have several more interactions, um because of their connection to Jane and Charles and they're spending like a decent amount of time together but at the same time she's also spending time with Wickham and he tells her that Darcy actually broke up his relationship he says that Darcy got in the way of Wickham's relationship with Darcy's sister classic Wickham more specifically that Darcy tried to bribe him yes out of said relationship which he said no around this time Darcy you know actually asks Elizabeth out um he doesn't like super say that he has feelings for her necessarily he just like asks her out and then again like lists all the reasons why it's a bad idea I think he says he's attracted to her for some reason like pretty much exactly like that yeah um and so there's just a lot going on um Collins proposes to Elizabeth she's like "Uh uh-uh he preaches this whole sermon about, you know, how terrible this woman in his church named Elizabeth B or E. Bennett is so terrible and proud. Um, 
And Elizabeth is really frustrated by that. Um, around this time, she also finds out that her book has been accepted by a publisher, which is a really big deal. And so she goes um, to meet the publisher and she finds out that the publisher is actually Darcy. He gives her, <laughs> he gives her a lot of feedback on the book and um, she's really upset by it because it's like a lot of, you know, talking about how it needs edits and how they like it, but they, it needs, you know, a lot of work and she freaks out on him. She yells at him about breaking up Jane and Charles. She yells at him about what happened with Wickham. She's just very upset and lets it all come out onto him. Later that night when she gets back home, she gets an email saying, kind of explaining the whole situation. So this is like just like the letter that Darcy leaves for Elizabeth. He tells her that Wickham actually ran off with his sister and that he gambled and spent all of her money and charged her credit cards um, and then just abandoned her. And then we find out that he's actually been married before. So not only did he try to marry Darcy's sister, he'd also been married at least one other time before. So Elizabeth realizes he's really just like not a good guy. Yeah, we find out that he has this insane thing where he'll run away to Vegas with a woman, use her money to gamble, and then marry them at the chapel. So it was not difficult for Darcy to div- like divorce the two of them. It was not difficult for Darcy's sister to, to get a divorce because Wickham was still married to another woman. So very weird. Yeah, so strange. Um, in that email, we also find out that what actually happened with Charles and Jane was he <laughs> happened to drive by while Collins was proposing to Jane and that she, he thought that she was getting engaged to him. So it's basically like a very big misunderstanding. Which very unfortunate. is such this movie's Bingley. Totally. <laughs> such an interesting Bingley. So it's no surprise that our girls Jane and Elizabeth are quite sad after everything they've been through. Jane after Charles leaving her and Elizabeth after that brutal conversation with Darcy. So they're wallowing in their sadness a little bit. um, But Lydia and Katie kind of force them out of it. They're like, no more ice cream in pajamas. You guys need (laughs) to do things. And Elizabeth really finds the motivation to make those edits and get her book finished and she also gets the opportunity to be a TA for a semester in England and so she's really excited about that and about to head out the next day when Jane asks if she wants to go with a hike for her and with her and so they're driving off and lo and behold they run into Charles and Charles and Jane just have this really romantic reunion um you can, you know, they start making out. So it's like, you know, that they're going to be together. <laughs> and Elizabeth continues on the journey herself. And we see her go and lie down in a field. And she falls asleep. And she wakes up and it is pitch black and pouring rain. She freaks out and she has nowhere to go. No idea how to get back to her car. And she's totally alone. So she just kind of like walks through the woods until she sees the light. She stumbles into a cabin. Well, surprise, surprise. (laughs) The cabin belongs to Darcy and his sister. What a coinkadink. 
what a wonderful coincidence and they offer her um a shower and a dry change of clothes and all three of them end up eating dinner together and just having the best time this is the first time that i felt like i really saw that connection build between elizabeth and darcy Mm -hmm. um They have like some very romantic looks into each other's eyes. They're sitting very close together on the couch. Um, And then all of a sudden, Caroline freaking Bingley shows up. Ugh, so annoying. And she obviously sees the connection between Elizabeth and Darcy and gets super jealous. And so she tells Elizabeth that she's going to drive her back to her car. And anyway, she takes her back. And in the process, she tells Elizabeth that her and Darcy are going to get married. They're engaged. So annoying. Anyways, Elizabeth's like sad about it. But she goes back and she finds out that her roommate, Lydia, is disappeared. And they don't know where she is. Turns out Lydia is on her way to Vegas with one Mr. Wickham. Wow. The whole gang, they get in a car, they drive driving to Vegas, trying to chase her down. On the way, they call Darcy because he's closer, because he just flew to California. And they all show up at this chapel in Vegas. And when Elizabeth and the crew walk in, Mr. Darcy is beating down Wickham. Just going like, at him. Fists and all. Fist fight, bloody nose, all on that the floor. All that stuff. Anyways, through a crazy turn of events, Darcy and Elizabeth end up confessing their love to one another. Of course, he tells her he's not actually engaged to Caroline, and he tells her how much he loves her. They end up kissing on the road in the rain with her hand with him handcuffed and her like weirdly yep. bending over on her knees and cops show up. But it ends happily ever after they get engaged and they have found true love also amazing elizabeth like publishes her book and stuff so good that's good fun (laughs) okay well now that we have an idea of the general plot of this film let's go ahead and talk about elizabeth shall we Elizabeth is played by Cam Heskin, and Cam has guest starred on CSI. She was the character Sheridan Crane on the TV show Passions. Uh, She was in the movie Catch Me If You Can as Candy, and she's also played the character Paige in the Prince and Me movies. So good for you, Cam. Um, Cam was our Elizabeth, as I said earlier, and she was... You know, this creative writing, fierce, spunky Elizabeth. What did you all think of Cam's portrayal of this modern Elizabeth? It was fine. It was nothing spectacular for me. Um, One thing that I really felt while watching that we'll get into as we talk about all the characters was this was very caricature-y caricature it's hard to say that word um but like nothing felt super genuine I guess like everything felt weirdly blown out of proportion or fake yeah I didn't think that she was the greatest actress and I also just didn't really like this portrayal of Elizabeth I did like the relationship and the chemistry with Darcy I thought especially towards the end that was pretty good 
But overall, I was pretty disappointed in her performance. And then also just like what they did with Elizabeth. I did really like the idea that Elizabeth was a creative writer, that she was working on a book. I liked that intellectual side of her. Um, I thought she was really spunky. Um, the pride really came through in this. Um, I, I didn't think she was the most convincing actress of all time. Um, but as Beth mentioned, she had really good chemistry with Mr. Darcy. So I did like that. But let's move on and talk about that Mr. Darcy, shall we? Mr. Darcy was played by Orlando Seal, who was actually just in the movie Death on the Nile as Captain Renz. So Ooh. that's exciting for him. And he was in the movie uh, The Old Guard as Jean-Pierre, The 2018 Little Women as Orlando. Um, he's been out and about doing things. So what did we think of this version of Mr. Darcy? Because I can tell you guys, I have some thoughts. He was kind of like the big name actor that they brought in. Not that he was like a super huge name, but I think you can really tell. You can just really tell. <laughs> the acting, in my opinion, was far superior than most of pretty much all of the other acting. Um, I felt like he was carrying the movie on his shoulders. Uh, I just really liked him. I thought he had really good chemistry with Elizabeth. I thought he did a good job of portraying the like range of emotions that Darcy has. I did think like we talked about earlier that scene where he was like, actually I want to date you. That scene didn't like make a lot of logical sense to me. Um, I did read that they cut some stuff out of this. So I don't know if that was why or what, but that part of it was confusing. But overall, I really liked this version of Darcy. This Mr. Darcy was absolutely my favorite part of this movie. This is kind of what saved the movie for me. Um, he had kind of like longish curly hair and he was very like tall, dark and handsome kind of and drove like a really cool, nice old car. And he was like very much a, a bad butt, if you will. Um, and I, I liked that for him also because they kind of rewrote the script for Mr. Darcy because he wasn't the reason that Jane and Bingley broke up. And um, he, the things that he said to Elizabeth really weren't quite as rude. I felt like he had very few flaws. So they kind of changed him. Like he didn't really seem, he definitely had some pride and prejudice-y tendencies. Um, but he he did not have a lot of flaws in my opinion. Um, and I just felt like the actor was really convincing, incredibly charming. I really liked him and he really pulled a lot of weight with his connection with Elizabeth, especially in those little mountain scenes. Very cute. I agree with Beth. I definitely think, uh, that this actor's acting pulled the entire film. Um, everybody else was, trying but was pretty subpar um and that's just how I'm gonna say it um but I agree also with Julia that not that they dumbed down the Mr. Darcy character but they almost made him more like one note no issues um which definitely made it easier to like him the whole time you know sans foot in mouth aspects but um 
really removing the whole him convincing Bingley that, you know, Jane isn't good for him. Taking that part out really does change um, some aspects of his character. Also, I thought it was interesting. I was reading an article about it, like I mentioned. And in the article, they talked about how for this like more mass market version, they took out a lot of the like more Mormon themes and scenes. And so the article is saying that he, Darcy really played this like role of an outsider coming into a culture that he didn't know and wasn't familiar with. And so that kind of reminded me a little bit of, of Bride and Prejudice. Mm. And maybe we, we didn't really see his flaws, but maybe part of that is because some of that stuff got cut out. And so those scenes where maybe he was like more prideful and um, was like more, uh, just like confused or alienated by the culture or something like that we didn't really get to see. And so he he Mm -hmm. did come across as like a much more likable guy the whole time rather than um, how he's portrayed in like most films and and in the novel. Well, let's talk about Jane, that beloved sister, or in this case, roommate of Elizabeth's. Jane was played by Lucila Sola, and she recently played Anna in the movie Cat's Revenge and Lola in the movie A Stand-Up Guy. Uh, She also guest starred on the TV show Bones. Um, So what did you guys think of this portrayal of Jane? I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And let me, when I mentioned earlier that I felt like all of the characters were caricatures, this for me the jane and when we get to bingley bingley um they just dumbed them both down to doorknobs and then like shot them off to left field because they're perfect for each other because they're seemingly so stupid Mm -hmm. is kind of what i took from the film which probably isn't completely accurate but and she's an Argentinian transfer student, and they really play that up with her not knowing a whole lot of English, always going back to Spanish, which, you know, she's bilingual, she's going to do that. But the real kicker that solidified that almost, like, caricaturing for me was when her and Bingley's eyes met the first time, all of a sudden it was only Latin music playing at a pop concert in Utah, And it was really weird. And I'm like, okay, these characters are just not here anymore. Yeah, I also felt like Jane in this movie, she was definitely kind. We saw that from her. She um, submitted Elizabeth's books to publishers because she was trying to help her out, which was sweet. But I felt like other than that, those uh, small things from Jane, her character was completely defined by being madly in love with Bingley and we really did not get to see the true kind of stalwart strength that Jane has in the books that is one of the reasons that we love her um so yeah I I definitely agree with your take on Jane Lori yeah I agree I really was not a very big fan of this Jane or this Bingley um I mean I completely agree with everything you've said just not very well-rounded or characters or characters who had much depth to them at all. And they were just very silly and very much surface level characters. So yeah, not a big fan. 
Well, let's go ahead and talk about that Bingley. Bingley is played by Benjamin Gorley, who is in the movie Love and Mary as the character Kirby. And he is Rick Robinson in the movie Moving McAllister. Before we get started talking about this Bingley, I, I, I just want to I want to clear something up about his character. So this Bingley is, as we've said, very silly. Uh, very silly. <laughs> um, his career he is very interested in animals which is sweet he is commonly called the golden retriever boy so it makes sense that he would like animals but his big passion project is creating classical music for animals i just wanted to throw that out there specifically he's not creating the classical music but it's specifically like cds of classical music that aid in behavioral training for animals higher frequency classical music which plays during the movie and is very painful to the ears i must say we watched the commercial it's painful and and we could say that if he is making behavioral training music for dogs maybe that means he is smart but we do not get that from the behavior and choices made throughout the film we are told that he is brilliant, but we are not ever seeing the brilliance. The The man is dumber than a doornail. There's a scene where he's uh, running after a car because he accidentally gets left in a gas station because he's buying a hot dog in Las Vegas. And he is running after the car and he, the way that he is running, it is just very clear that they want us to see him as a pretty boy with nothing in his head and you guys know i'm a huge bingley jane stan so i just really i didn't appreciate that he dumb he real dumb so i know those characters were disappointing do you guys have any other characters that we should mention real standouts wickham remains a sleazeball <laughs> such mm-hmm. a sleazeball a true lesson of what a red flag is is his entire character. So true. Honestly, other than that, not very many characters stood out. It was mostly just Elizabeth and Darcy. Yep. Completely agree. Okay. I think we've talked about most of these um, book to movie accuracy inaccuracies. Um, just from the summary to <laughs> making bingley just golden retriever no brain (laughs) um but some of the highlights are these girls are not sisters but they're roommates they were roommates (laughs) um wickham low-key proposes to lizzie while they were playing pool um he says let's run away to vegas uh and he's there the entire time like wickham never leaves he just hangs out the entire time also, Lydia mentions that she and uh, Kitty, their father is rich, which is definitely a change from mm-hmm. the book. Yes. And I think the only way they got away with that is because they were roommates. Um, another major one, Bingley left because he saw Collins proposing to Jane and not because Darcy said it was probably a bad idea. Um, There's also no Lady Catherine in this film. Yes, there is. No, she's completely cut out, and basically Charlotte is too, except for a very brief period. Um, we have no Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. Um, 
at all in this film. There's a makeup, a made-up wedding between Caroline and Darcy, um, with Caroline subtly but not so subtly flashing a ring, um, and perhaps the highlight of the entire film: Collins and Mary get married. Yes, <laughs> so interesting. Which they truly are made for each other. They gave the people what they wanted. Finally, and only took to 2003. <laughs> but, ladies, I think we are at the time where we've we've pretty thoroughly discussed this film uh, and the the major and slight changes that have happened. What uh, what are your make it or break it?s I feel like this is pretty clear. My make it was Mr. Darcy. I thought Orlando Seal did a great job. I thought that his love of Elizabeth was super believable. He was really charming. I really love the fact that he was such a bad butt. I really, yeah, I really liked Mr. Darcy. Um, and my break it would have to be uh, after Elizabeth and Jane are kind of wallowing in their pain. Lydia uh, tells them that they have to like get up and change their lives and they go to the grocery store looking real greasy and um, anyway Lydia uses some language to motivate them that is pretty mean and like fat phobic and not cool and that was really bad there was a lot of stuff that was bad about this film that I just did not enjoy but I really didn't like that part of it my make it was similar. It was also Mr. Darcy, but specifically the scene between Elizabeth and Darcy in the cabin. I just really appreciated those cabin scenes. I thought they were really fun and sweet and made me believe that I was watching like maybe a slightly higher caliber movie than I actually was. Um, and then my break, it would have to be the strange, like imagining imagine scenes that took the place scenes? Yeah. yeah we didn't really mention that but there's a lot of times where elizabeth would be in a situation and would you know we'd see it play out one way that was like super dramatic like her throwing water on someone or, or the cat or getting up and toe. eating a cat a dog eating her toe and her dying or her standing up in the middle of church that happens quite frequently and i did not enjoy those scenes very much what about you Lori? Well, I think it's unanimous. Uh, I think Mr. Darcy was the redeeming factor for all three of us. Um, specifically for me, I think the scene where um, Lizzie and them have already left the chapel and Mr. Darcy somehow manages to convince his sweet, sweet, stupid best friend uh, to distract the canine and the cop so he, so Darcy can run after Lizzie. Um and you just see Bingley reluctantly doing it because he is a good friend. Um, so that that would be my make it. My break it uh, is the editing of this god-awful movie. Um, the thing that, I mean, besides the very random and very poorly done iMovie 0.4 speed up time lapses that happen... Um, there's just like random shots thrown together that are really kind of jarring, I guess, when they come to 
that just appear very jarring when they are combined. Um, and they randomly, I don't know if this is the, I don't know if this happened because of the editing that occurred after release or what, but there's random slides thrown in the film here and there with quotes from the book, which is fine, but also it like acts as time lapses and then it's just like weird foreshadowing quotes. It's weird. Yeah. I didn't like it. Those are strange. Who would you date from this adaptation, Lori? <laughs> I have so many eligible bachelors. <laughs> um, I would probably say Mr. Darcy because he will punch Wickham in the face for me. It's not surprising. Not surprised. <laughs> and how is your kind of amaretto sour? Uh, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it got me. It got me through. I'm going to go to bed after this. <laughs> well, my limoncello, I know you were all very much oh on the goodness. edge of your seats <laughs> wanting to know what Beth was going to spoil about my thoughts about the limoncello. Limoncello LaCroix is amazing. It literally tastes like lemon pound cake. I'm not joking. Beth, don't roll your eyes. It does. <laughs> okay. It's really good. Um, so if you like lemon pound cake, consider trying limoncello LaCroix. Especially if you already like LaCroix. I just don't know why a beverage that tastes like lemon pound cake would be a good thing. Do you drink <laughs> lemonade? I do. So. <laughs> you just have I to do try it. You just have to I try do it. not see the connection. <laughs> see, I've heard opposing things. I've heard limoncello was not very good. Uh-uh. Wow. So well, people are very divided on sparkling water topics, I feel like. So. That is true. That is true. Especially with LaCroix. I'll have to get Beth to try it for our next session and so she it. can check me. I suppose. <laughs> um, my water was great. I okay. should have refilled it already, though, because I finished it very quickly. And I am still quite thirsty. But I just want to say thanks to everyone for listening to this episode i know it's coming out a little bit later than it normally does and we just really appreciate you guys and we're really excited for the rest of the season we've got some fun things planned so if you want to keep up with us and um kind of know what's going on make sure you follow us on instagram we are at sips and sensibility pod and like our facebook page which is sips and sensibility we'd also love it if you could rate and review our podcast on apple podcasts and spotify it would really be great to read your kind words um thank you guys for listening and Lori has some exciting news to share I do have some very exciting news. Um, the next series, ooh, spoiler, it's a series, uh, that we are going to be watching is the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Ah. Woo! Uh, one of our favorite web series. And surprise, surprise, we're making it a two-parter. So the first episode is going to cover the first half of the series and the next episode will cover the second half. Um, All of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries are available for free 
on YouTube. They are roughly five to ten minutes long an episode, and there's a playlist. And you can just click play on the playlist, and it just goes, and it auto-plays. It's beautiful. Thank you, Hank Green. We love you. Not just your brother. We love you, Hank Green. And until that very first episode comes out, which is so exciting, uh, I just wanted to say, keep on sipping, y'all. <laughs>